Welcome back. I'm Kim Bailey and she, in absentia yet again, is Fuliana Osborne. Fuliana is on holidays at the moment, so I'm taking the opportunity to do a little bit of recording and she will have some comments for you to hear at the end. This week, as it's the beginning of a new year, I thought we might revisit the idea of setting goals. Now, Fuliana and I talked about this in an earlier podcast. If you've heard that, you will know that from that time that the phrase goal setting is one of those ones that I'm not all that keen on. And there's a reason for it. I always feel that when we talk about goals, we're talking about something that's on the horizon. And we think about something that is long-term, that is that far away, it's like looking at the horizon. And if you think about looking at the horizon, you know that you'll never get there. It's always going to be a little bit further away, a little bit further away. And I don't like that being used as a similarity to goals. So for my people and for myself, I think about targets. And I think about business targets, I think about professional and career targets, and I think about personal targets. And I just find that that change in the word gives me something that I know that I can achieve, or that I can assess, that I can measure. If we look back at the way traditionally goal setting is encouraged in organisations, we look at them being SMART goals. And you will have heard many people in your management courses talk about SMART goals. And SMART goals are the SMART part of it stands for specific, measurable, achievable, realistic and time-driven. Now, all of those things, all of those qualities, we can put towards a target. So why not call it a target and make it something that you can achieve and they can be big and they can be small and I think that often we look at the traditional way of goal setting, we get to a point where we, we think big, which is fine, but we have difficulty in breaking it down into smaller goals, into smaller achievable activities that we can measure, that are time-driven, because we're always thinking much broader and we're always looking to this horizon that we're never going to reach. So today I'm going to talk about setting targets and how and why you do them and what are, are the good ones and what are the ones that are, are not going to benefit you in any particular way. Let's first look at the professional and business targets. Now targets generally in, in a business sense are going to be set for you. It's probably the case that you will set some targets yourself, both for yourself in a business sense and for the teams that are working for you. These relate to achievable outcomes that are about a bottom line, are about return on investment for shareholders. So they're not things that you have a lot of leeway about. There's generally going to be a very specific, so the first part of our SMART and they're going to be measurable because there's a certain return, say, say for investors, there's a certain return that they're expecting or that they want or that they'll be happy with. Achievable, in, in that sense, is probably something that is your assessment of this particular target. So you wouldn't want to be setting targets that you feel are unachievable. And achievable and realistic are often interchangeable because they need to be, obviously, they need to be realistic you can't be saying that you're going to triple the turnover of your organisation in the next two months. 
unless that's a very valid target that you can set yourself because of some information or some technology or something that is going to change the way that you're working as a whole. You know, that, that's just not, I wouldn't think, an achievable target to set for yourself. And it's not realistic. The realistic and the achievable are, are often difficult to determine separately, but they, you will always find them together. And time-driven? Well, obviously, I think for most business targets, they're always going to be time-driven. Because without it being time-driven, you can't bring it back to being measurable. And I think when they're not time-driven, then you'll find they're not specific enough. And that, that's a whole area where we can look at how you set very specific targets to make them measurable and achievable and realistic and time-driven. Being specific, that first letter in our acronym, is the thing that is going to set the tone for whether all of the other pieces, for all of the other letters, fall into place. If you're specific about your targets, they are going, the, the, the way that you measure them and making them measurable is going to come to you. It's going to fall into place. How are you going to measure that? They're going to be achievable because you're not grasping for the horizon. They're going to be realistic because they are achievable, you feel, and they're going to be time-driven because that gives you part of the measurement cycle. And I think sometimes also they're time-driven because they, they can be very specific about what needs to happen in a certain period of time. For example, let me look at one of my businesses and we'll say a specific target for my business is, and we'll talk about talking in public, which is for business people to improve their presentation skills, their public speaking skills. So a specific target for that business, now that it is online with podcasts, would be that I have in the next... And see, for me, as soon as I start to set the target, I start to talk about the time-driven part of it. So, that, so the end and the specific part of it and the, the measurable and the time-driven are often so interlinked for me that I can't think of them separately. I, when I think about it being specific, I automatically think about the time. That's my measure is how much time is this going to take because I'm fairly driven. <laughs> Just ask anyone who's had to work with me and I am very much based on time and time management and utilising time in the best possible way. Back to me setting this specific target. So specific target... Talking in public is what it's called. I've just introduced a podcast series, so my specific target for this business is that there will be, in the next 12 months, a minimum of 50 podcasts available in the series. Now, that target that I've set myself, is it specific? Yes, it is, because it talks about what I want done, when it's going to be done by. What I haven't talked about there is how it's going to be done and that would be the next level down of setting targets. So whether it's going to be that I spend a day a week recording six podcasts so that I can schedule them to go up weekly or whether it's that I do it once a week, you know, that, that, that sort of thing um, is the next level down of setting targets. And when we talk about setting targets, we do have to realise that for me, again, one target leads to another and often that breakdown will, when I get it right down to the, the very smallest element, 
that is part of that broader target, it gives me my work plan, essentially, for the year. So we go back to the example, talking in public, how specific target is to have 50 podcasts up in the next 12 months or in 12 months' time, so from, from the date. It's specific about how many and when. It's measurable because I will know if I haven't got 50 up that I haven't achieved that target. Is it achievable? Yes, it is because I haven't made it so that I've got to do more than one a week. The beauty of recording podcasts is that you can do them all at once. You can do them every now and then. You can have a specific time that you do them. But the release of them, you can manage through the other media that you use for their distribution. What are we up to? Specific, measurable, achievable. Realistic? Yes, it's realistic. Again, I've looked at 52 weeks in the year. I haven't said I'm going to have one up every week of the year. I've given myself a little bit of, of breathing space in that time in case something happens that I can't stockpile podcasts to get them out, well, I, which I think would be unusual, but it, I've given myself a little bit of breathing time, not put too much pressure on that particular target. And it's time-driven, so we talk about 12 months. So that's a business one. We put that one aside as a, a business target, an example of, of setting a business target. Let's look at setting a professional or a career target. Now, again, I might look at examples from my own experience, and this time I'll go to the flower arranging side of things and I might set myself a specific target or a target. It will be specific, I can tell you. I set myself a target that says that I will qualify as a show steward in the next six months. Now this is specific because it's, it's talking about an actual qualification that I think would be of value to me in my work with the floral art associations around the world. It's measurable is in that, yes, I, I will either qualify or I won't. It's achievable. Yes, it is achievable because there's a particular course that you have to do and that can take you, minimum is six months and the maximum, I think, is two years. It just depends on what opportunities are available for you to do the practical side of it. Achievable. Realistic. Yes, I, I think it's realistic because once I set myself those kind of targets, I can look at how that training is provided and how that qualification is provided and know that, that all the requirements that I need to meet to qualify, I can do in that specific period of time. So if it was, say, a world competition year, then I would not make it six months. I would make it a longer period of time because I know that I have commitments elsewhere that would mean that I couldn't do the practical side of this qualification in the time, so it wouldn't be realistic. And is it time-driven? Yes, it is, because I'm saying that it's going to happen in six months' time. You get into a rhythm of setting them when you start to think about those specifics of how you're going to achieve and measure and look at and, and make specific those targets. We've looked at business, we've looked at career. If we look at a personal target, personal targets can often be the ones that we ignore, that we put aside, that we, we say, well, you know, when I've got time, I'll focus on those things, but in the meantime, I need to work on the business, I need to work on my career, I need to look after the family, all those sorts of other things that take precedence over setting personal targets. But I honestly believe that if you don't set personal targets you are missing out on a complete package of being 
good in your career, good in your business. You are the sum of all these individual parts, but you are more than that, and that's what synergy is. You are more than all of these individual components that make you up. And so you shouldn't ignore one part because then what you're presenting to the world is 80%. So let's look at setting some personal targets as well. So personal targets are the things that, for me, we might not particularly want to focus on. So I can say that uh, since September of last year, and we're into January now, I set myself, at the, in, in September I should say, I set myself a personal target of achieving a certain amount of weight loss by my birthday, which was in December. And so it gave me about three and a half months to achieve what for me was going to be quite a big change in my physical appearance, in my fitness, in my health. And it was specifically because it was a big birthday. It was one of the zero birthdays. And so I thought it was time that I really should be focusing on that and that was going to... And, and the end result of achieving that particular target would be that I would be better all round. I'd be better in my businesses. I'd be better for the people I work with and for. And so it, it was going to have runoff benefits apart from the purely personal ones. So my target at that time that I set in September was that by my birthday in December I would be this specific size. I didn't go by weight because I don't actually don't weigh myself terribly often, but I go more by clothing and clothes sizes. And so by my birthday, I wanted to drop two sizes. And that was how I set the target. Was it specific? Yes, it was. It was very specific about when and what was going to happen. Was it measurable? Yes, it was. <laughs> no other way that I would be able to say that I had achieved the target other than to know that I'd gone down two sizes in clothing. Was it achievable? Well, that's probably the area that I felt was a little bit under a cloud. It was certainly going to push me to make it achievable. As you've heard, I'm driven, so I need those things that are probably just a little bit beyond what I think that I can achieve because it does make me make it happen. Was it realistic? Uh, yes it was because it was three months or just over three months in fact. If you look at some of the training courses that are available online or personal trainers or all those sorts of things, they talk about a 12-week challenge. They talk about 12 weeks to to rethink your, your body and the, your, your well-being and your health and your fitness. And so I, I had given myself a little bit more time than the average that I could see around the place. And was it time-driven? Well, yes, it was. I had a very specific date in December where I, where I was going to do the measurement and see what had happened. I suppose you want to know the results. Well, of course, being the driven individual that I am, I achieved it. But I'd, And it was exciting and it was personally fulfilling and it was surprising. And I think that that's an interesting reaction to have sometimes when you meet targets and you are surprised by the fact that you have met them because there was this niggling bit of doubt. You know, perhaps you've set the, the measurement or the realistic time frame a little bit outside of what you were comfortable with and in the end you did it. And how much more of an achievement is that when that happens? And so, yes, for those of you who are following the journey... I did 
by my birthday dropped two sizes. I was so thrilled that I had done it. I feel better. I, as the, the close people around me will say, I have become what they would consider the closest to a gym junkie they ever thought I would become. But I do enjoy gym. I played around with different times of the day to see when it suits me best and it is something that I can fit into the day I didn't think I would be able to. And for a lot of the things that were holding me back from thinking that this was an achievable target were things that I had set in my mind. I didn't know whether I was fit enough to even start on a health regime. And so I started slowly. So that was a a mini target that I set myself. So before I, I took on the gym activities, I said to myself, well, my mini target is that I will do this because I enjoy. I have always enjoyed walking and, and in my early teens I was actually quite a champion at the standard walk, with the funny walk that you see at the Olympics and held the state record for the 1500 metres walk for about 12 months, which was a, an achievement of its own. But what that walking and that love of walking allowed me to do and in the environment where I'm located... There's a nice flat walk and it was very measurable in terms of distance and I could measure it in terms of the time it was taking me. So I set myself a mini target before I took on the gym work that I would do this walk. I knew how long it was and if in a month I could do it, not every day, I didn't try and push myself to do it every day, but if in a month from the time I started doing it, I had brought the time down to... I think at that stage I I started out making it half an hour and if I could bring the time down by 10 minutes in a month then I felt that I was at a level of fitness where the gym wouldn't make me feel like I was out of my depth. And when I started at the gym I was very fortunate to have a gym buddy who showed me how to use the equipment and he was able to introduce me to the the gym activities slowly so that I could find my own pace and my own level and again all of that was setting mini targets and achieving them and then moving on to the next one so every target is made up of lots of little mini ones and I think regardless of how you look at whether you're setting goals or you're setting targets if you think broadly but think about them being smart you're not going to find that you are lost in the mire of, I don't know what to do next, I don't know where to head, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, I can't plan my day, I can't plan my work week, I can't plan my life because I don't know where I'm heading or I've set this this target, this goal that is so far removed from what I need to do today that I just don't know how I will ever get there. Now that's probably enough from me. I'm going to let Fuliana give you her comments. Kim, thank you for your insights and for sharing your experience with us. I really enjoyed listening to that. As far as you being driven, well, I've known you for a long time and you're absolutely driven. And not only that, but you drive others like myself. And so I'm not at all surprised that you achieved your goals because you always have. Any time that you set your mind to achieving anything, you have done it. And I know you don't like the word goals. I do. And I don't mind using the word targets either. But at the same time, you're always 
been able to use that smart and the technique that you mentioned in achieving those goals and it works really really well so congratulations well done i'm really really pleased now it's time to celebrate and we most certainly will do that next week in business sometimes goals are set for you they set by the organization your division or by you you know organization worldwide even but within that you still have control in saying what do i want to do within those goals and how am i going to achieve them firstly it's very important to say let's say you've been given a target and that is reduce cost by 2% increase revenue by 3% and you might think well look that is realistic it is achievable it is hard work of course but in my mind i could do better and if you can do better by working smarter not harder not by breaking the rules because a lot of people have a problem with setting high targets because they really think that leads to bad behavior put pressure on people etc i don't think that should need to be the case if you actually use all the right techniques and help people think on the right track and reward good behaviors not just achieving goals for example if your target was to reduce cost by 2% you might think well actually i've been talking to the staff my peers um whoever and we can actually come up with a, a way that will reduce cost further than that but you don't have to offer that up front what you do that is you give to yourself as a stretch target because you've already committed to 2% that's fine but if you're able to exceed it then that would be wonderful and you can prove that it was done how you would do that you do it knowingly not just to beat the target but also to do it within the ethics of the organization and within the vision of the organization it actually can be incredibly motivational when you involve your staff or your team members or you don't have to be in a management position to do this you can say uh, it can be a single person initiative that get other people on board and say look as far as we concerned let's look at something here that i've been thinking about we want to set ourselves a goal without anybody telling us and by proving we could do this better than it's been done for the last whatever years or better than it's been done in other organizations and competitors so we're setting ourselves a big challenge if you like that big challenge as i said with the it could be a stretch goal a stretch goal is got to be very difficult but achievable achievable by coming up with some ideas that haven't been used before in and it will encourage innovation they can be other goals which i know kim is going to hate all of this <laughs> is called bhag which is big hairy audacious goals what that means is to actually break away from the norm and go further than so if the best in class is doing something in 3 seconds and you want to do it in 2 seconds now these things have broken new grounds these things have taken us further to places where initially people didn't think it was possible all you have to do is think about flying between one country and another 
what was realistic and achievable in some people's mind and what was impossible got broken and now we travel much faster etc etc a more practical one if you like is the turnaround of producing something whether it's approving a loan whether it's returning financial advice or whatever it is if you look at those and say traditionally and best in class people can do the final product within two days I'm going to try and find ways to do it in half a day. Now, that is a very, very big stretch, obviously, and that might be a BHAG. But what that means is, is how are you going to do that? That involves research. It involves innovation. It involves commitment. It involves support, encouragement, reward, recognition, etc., etc. By doing that, you're asking people to stop and think. You're encouraging people to, to think about something that hasn't been thought about before. And lo and behold, you will get the results. That has been proven by using things like process improvement, cross-functional teams, where you reduce cycle time, you reduce cost, you reduce everything. So people are producing more with less and without saying, okay, well, I just want more and more of you. I also want to share with you another example of where I guess it's a, again a big stretch. It was in the construction industry a few years back, but more recently the same thing happened with one of my clients' team, who I, and this this group is in the construction game as well. A new safety officer who hasn't been working in the construction industry before had come and decided we should not have any accidents, which should be zero accidents. The reaction to that wasn't obviously <laughs> very good. You could imagine all the tradesmen, etc., going, oh, you know nothing about this industry. Nobody wants an injury, but we do have injuries, and you can never say we, don't, we want to aim for zero injuries. The, the way that we went about it then was saying to the safety officer, please take us through your thinking, and he did. And he said, look, the main thing is, is there anyone argues about what percentage? So we had a meeting. meeting was with the unions. We had management support, industrial officer, the role I was in at the time. And more recently, the same model, as I said, was used with um, a client of mine. The meeting was initially very argumentative, very conflicting, very saying, you don't know what you're talking about. Then... We asked, the, the meeting asked, well, what is a reasonable number of incidents? And they start quoting statistics by saying, look, we reduce them from this percent, pardon me, to this percent, etc. Best in class is this in Australia, best in class in the world is that, etc. Then we said, okay, so if we had one injury, could you please put your hand up, those of you who you want to be that one? who loses that arm or leg or whatever it is. And, of course, nobody did. So it was very, very hard for the individuals to argue that they want to nominate themselves as the injured person. It was very hard for the union to fight against the concept of willing and wanting to make things have no injuries. 
in the workplace. So we had a starting point. And the starting point was, okay, now how can we work on that? There was a whole big program obviously gone behind it, which is the sort of things Kim was talking about. The plan behind it, the breaking it into chunks is, okay, who's going to do what by when? How are we going to measure it? How do we do the safety inspections? Who can help whom? So the body system, the education, the training. But most of all was when that was achieved, we agreed to trial it for six months and certainly it was unprecedented. That was no minor injuries. We, we had um, occasions before where we had no major injuries for 12 months, but no, not even a minor injury was achieved in six months. And what that meant is then the whole group was rewarded, rewarded in a recognition sense. It didn't have to be monetary. So they all got a certificate and they also got recognized and there was a function to celebrate. So when you set yourself goals or stretch goals or BHAGs, it's very, very important to celebrate those, to learn what worked, what didn't work and to show and demonstrate to others that what sometimes appear impossible is possible. Let it be achievable, but let it be difficult or unprecedented. I'll put you back over to Kim. I'm Kim Valley. She's Fuliana Osborne, and this is Inside Exec. Mm-hmm.